Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. Got a text just before uh, we started church, oh, maybe about an hour ago or so, and uh, just an individual in the church had some good news, and they just said, hey, God is good, and they just passed on the information to us, and so I'm sure you'll hear about it later, but it was just awesome. Because God's faithful, and just when you purpose to trust God, and you see God be good, and God be God, it's just like, go God. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, as we get into tonight, why don't you turn, turn your, into your Bibles, and Mark chapter 11, we'll begin there. Mark chapter 11. And I just want to recognize our worship team. They're just phenomenal in what they do and just so faithful. But actually, it blessed me tonight. I don't know if you even knew it. I'm sure you noticed. But in that second song, or was it the last song? Second song, right? Jacqueline was looking for the melody. She had the words right in front of her, and I only bring this out not to highlight just what took place, but actually it was a great example of what I want to share tonight. Because in that moment, she's like, okay, I got the words, I just don't got the melody. And she's trying to find that place. Now, I got the words right there in front of me, but even though I got the words, it's not registering, and I'm not able to connect the words to the place that we need to go. And so, in that setting, it would be real easy to freeze and say, let's move on to the next song, because I don't got it. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know the melody. Or just freeze and panic. But what she did instead was rather than being so focused on the words and even the melody line, she just said, okay, disengage from my head, connect with my spirit, and I'm just going to worship God. And she just purposed to continue to lead in that place. And what she did is she stepped out in faith and said, okay, God, I don't got it, but I know that I got it. I know that it's in here. I know that you'll give me direction. All i got to do is engage my spirit, and you'll give me the direction. So she just began to lead from her spirit or her heart in just a spiritual song, if you will, leading us in that place. And then all of a sudden, it engaged, and she found where she needed to go. Right? And that's how oftentimes we live in life is that we're looking to have the right thing to say, to know exactly what to do and have everything laid out for us. And we think, well, dear God, it should be this way in the box and it just isn't fitting. What do you do? And many times because it don't fit the box, we panic and just say, okay, God, I quit. And God's just saying, no, just trust me. Just press in and follow me. Just press in because, again, we can live this life, and most believers do, live this life from the natural realm, from the, the intellect of our life, and if it doesn't make sense to the intellect, then it just don't make sense. But this life of faith or walking with God, 
goes beyond just the natural man. Even like when we talked about the offering. When you talk about giving money and allowing God to multiply it, to the natural man, that does not make sense. Because there's nothing natural about it. It's a spiritual law. And the only time you'll give in that manner is when the spiritual law becomes revelation on the inside and say, okay, God, I can give in faith and know that you'll multiply the seed. But until it becomes revelation, you'll get all confined in the box and say, well, I could never do that. I could never give that. I could never. Oh, oh, man, that's too big of an amount. I, 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 I need that. But when we get to that place of living this life by faith and saying, okay, God, I'm just trusting you. Reckless abandonment, not foolishness. I'm just trusting you, God, to lead me and direct me in this life. That's where God wants us to be. And that's when we become most effective is when we step out beyond ourselves. And really, it's this life that's supernatural. Living beyond the natural realm or scope of life and God leading us supernaturally to trust Him. Amen? All right, so... In Mark 11, let's begin in verse 22. Obviously, you've heard this around here before, this verse. We've camped on it before, but it is really stirring in my heart tonight to, to share along these lines. But it first says in verse 22, Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. He was responding to them, asking him a question concerning the fig tree. If you recall, the Bible says that they went to eat of the fig tree. There was no figs, and he cursed it. He says, you'll, you'll die, and there will never be fruit on you again. Nobody will eat from you again. You're, you're cursed from the root, and you'll die. And they said, how did you do this? Because the next day they saw that it had withered and died. That what he said, the tree obeyed the command that Jesus gave. They says, how did you do this? He says, having faith in God. The literal translation says, the God kind of faith. Now, for us... That's real easy for us to disconnect and say, well, you are Jesus, you're the Son of God, therefore you are God, and so it's real easy for you to say, I did it having the faith of God, because I am God. But the Bible tells us that he laid down his deity, that he came in the form of a man, he humbled himself into the form of a man and became man into the place of of death or to where he surrendered to death, right? And everywhere in the Gospels that you see Jesus speaking of himself, he never once speaks of himself as the Son of of God. He always refers to himself as the Son of Man. So everything that Jesus ever did on this earth in his ministry, 100% of it was done in the form of a man anointed by God. So this wasn't no special thing for him Because he was the son of God. He says, no, I am a man that has learned to tap into the faith of God. And therefore, this is what you see. But then he goes on to give them further instruction. He says, verse 23, for surely I say to you, whoever. So this isn't just a deity trick. This isn't just me. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believes those things that he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. 
So Jesus says, this is how I did it. I did it with the God kind of faith. This is the principle in operation, but it's to whosoever. So it's to you, it's to you, it's to you, it's to me, it's to us, right? And so when we look at this, we see that in regards to Jesus, he initially was talking about the fig tree or answering the question about that. But did you notice after he responded concerning that saying, I did that through the God kind of faith, he then begins to talk about a mountain. So it doesn't matter whether it's a fig tree, a milkweed, a dandelion, or a mountain, the principle works the same. The faith of God being used by the Son of Man, you and I, works the same way, right? But unfortunately, many of us don't live life in the manner by which we're dealing with fig trees. And really, God would like us to live that way to where every day is a life of living by faith and trusting God. Most of us live this life from mountain to mountain, right? Oh, dear God, oh. And then we come to the next one. Oh, dear God. And it's always these cataclysmic, mountainous things in our lives. And God says, listen, if you'll learn how to do the fig tree, you can do the mountain. But so many of us fail to live this life learning on the dandelion, learning on the milkweed, learning on the fig tree. To where when we face the mountain, same thing work on you as it did with the fig tree, right? It's the principle of faith. God's wanting us to learn how to trust Him. And this principle of faith, if you'll notice in verse 24, Jesus says this towards the end. Well, He says, therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray... Believe you receive them and you'll have them. The literal translation is actually this way. Believed you received. So in that context, it's having believed that you already received. So in the context of faith, it's already a concrete done deal, immovable thing. Because I believed that I received. Right? So in other words, in faith, it's not going to happen. It's already happened. This makes my faith immovable. In In a world that is trying to move your faith with every little thing. Have you ever noticed how this life throws those little speed bumps in your life? I mean, let's not even worry about the fig tree. Like I said, it could be just the little dandelion. It could be the little, the, the little pebble. And that becomes such a huge thing because we've never learned how to trust God. And therefore, the little pebble has the power to move us. When God says, I want you to be immovable So that you have the opportunity to move those things that are in your life. 
It shouldn't be the little pebble that causes you to falter. And it sure shouldn't be the mountain either. Because faith still works the same way. Amen? The God kind of faith is immovable. When you begin to identify and learn, that's the faith that's working in me. I can be steadfast and hold fast to his promises and be immovable in the midst of whatever I'm facing. My faith is immovable, but God wants my faith to be immovable so that my faith can move things. But in order for my faith to move things, my faith has to move me first. It has to come to the place where my faith or my trust in God moves me first before it can ever move anything else. Because again, we look at that mountain thinking, wow, it's huge. But if I've never learned how to walk this life, learning how to move that little pebble, living a life of faith, then I surely won't be able to do that down the road. So let's look at this for a moment. How my faith moves me. My faith has got to move me first before my faith will move anything. You're right there in Mark. Let's turn back a couple chapters to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5, and we'll pick up in verse 25. Now, I'm going to give you a heads up, and I I actually want this to be a little bit of interaction with us tonight. And so, after I give you an opportunity, uh, feel free to, to give some answers. Now, as I read this, I want you to identify four different areas where faith moved the person. Because I said to you, before you'll ever move the mountain, faith has to move you first. Okay, so let's begin reading. In verse 25, it says, Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians, and she had spent all that she had and was no better but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garments. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing what, knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around to the crowd and said, who touched me? Or who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, you have seen the multitudes thronging you, and you say, who touched me? And he looked around, and then again saw the woman And she told them all that had took place. So, in that first portion, there are four things that moved. With the woman with the issue of blood, what was the first thing that moved? All right. This lines up with Mark 11. The Bible says that she was sick for a lot of years. She had tried to get better, but heard about Jesus. When we look at Mark 11, 23 and 24, 
the very first thing that starts to move is your mouth. She said within herself, if I can just get to where Jesus is, I'll be made well. Now, once again, it doesn't necessarily chronologically lay this out for us, but looking at the principle of faith, we can dissect that and discern that. The first thing that moved or moved her was her mouth. Her mouth started moving because she heard about Jesus and faith started to arise. And so her mouth had to begin to move. What's the second thing she began to move or the second thing that moved? The first thing that moved was her mouth. The second thing that moved was her personally. Because by law, you got it right. They're high-fiving back there. Yeah, we got it. Woo. By law, she should not have been in the general population. So, she moved or went to where Jesus was. Now, you've got to see the progression there because you won't physically move until your mouth moves. It's just the principle of faith. Because faith, or excuse me, your mouth hooks up with your faith and it begins to initiate faith. But faith always has corresponding actions. So she started saying and then she started moving. And then when she started moving, the next thing that moved was the power of God. Because she moved to the point where she touched Jesus and her faith invoked the power of God to touch her body. And then the fourth thing that moved was the affliction or the sickness. What was it that initiated that? It was her mouth that began to move. Then she began to move physically. Then it invoked the power of God to move, and the power of God moved the sickness out of the way. Now, this principle is really a law that we exercise every day of our life. For instance, and again, you've probably heard these practical examples, but if you're in darkness and you're saying, I want there to be light, and I know that there's a switch over there. Now, if I was to go over there and only just turn the switch on and there was no power, nothing would happen. But because I've paid the bill... There's already a price to be paid for there to be power there. So then, therefore, all I have to do is go over there and flip the switch. And when I flip the switch, it engages the power and it turns on the light. But if you just sat over in the corner and said, boy, I sure wish that there would be light in this place. Dear God, it's so, so dark in this place. And the more you start talking about it, man, it's really dark in this place. Well, look at all the shadows. Wow, what is that over in the corner? Oh, dear God, what is that? It's dark in this place. Well, what have you done? You've sat there doing nothing to engage the power, but you've let your mouth begin to engage something else. Fear, right? So the principle is the same in many different areas. We have to engage our faith. 
Now, in regards to this, there are things that become anchors that will anchor us to the very thing that we're looking for. For instance, concerning our mouth. If we don't purpose to change what we're saying, our mouth will anchor us to the habits, to the uh, history of the past and everything that we've ever lived, right? If you don't change and train yourself to talk right, what will you do? You'll always talk the past, you'll talk the history, you'll continually talk in the same former habits as you always have. But did you ever notice that it gets worse? It always does. Because you give yourself permission to talk a certain way, and it gets worse. Have you ever, not that anybody's ever done it here, but have conflict with your spouse, your children, or whatever, and you give yourself permission to talk a certain way, and the next time it gets a whole lot easier. And the next time it gets a whole lot easier. Well, you stinking, right? Why? Because you let yourself get anchored to the habits and the history of the past. Well, what about your physical body? Remember I said God wants to move your mouth? He wants to move you physically? Well, if, if my mouth anchors to the past, anchors to the history, then my physical body will get anchored to the fear. And then concerning the power of God, the power of God really is the power of God's Word. It's His Word that He wants us to, to, to be anchored to. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 6, it says that, that God cannot lie. Therefore, His Word gives us hope, and it's an anchor to our soul. So, we've got to choose to talk right, speak right. We've got to choose to, to move in the physical direction of where God's leading us. We've got to engage in the right power. And then... As we purpose to do that, the mountain begins to move. Now, let's just look at it from the other side. Again, from from a negative side. I'm sure you've all known people that everything in life is an issue. Everything is drama. Everything becomes something, right? I mean, it don't matter what it is. I mean, you get up in the morning, and all of a sudden, you're having a bad day. You get to work, and it's an issue. It's a bad day. You come home, it's an issue. It's a bad day. And and, and all the while, it's nothing more than just a little pebble in, in, in the road. But because we've gotten so accustomed to allowing our mouths to engage, our thinking to engage, our lifestyle to engage, that everything becomes a mountain. You know what I'm talking about. I, I don't, I'm a people watcher. I, I, you know, it fascinates, fascinates me to watch people. And, and it's interesting that you can begin to watch people on Facebook. You know, for those of that you that are on Facebook. And you start to watch their trends on Facebook. And it's just like, dear God, every time you put a post on there, you know, it's just like, man, you must be one miserable person. 
right? God never intended for us to be that way. But what you give yourself to always begins to grow. And it always starts with a thought, leads to your mouth, and it leads to affect the other areas of your life. All right, concerning the fig tree, whether it's the fig tree or whether it's the mountain, as I said earlier, the answer is the same. If you recall, we won't look there, but in Mark chapter 11, when Jesus went to that fig tree looking for there to be figs, the Bible says that the fig tree, or he answered the fig tree. Well, why would he answer the fig tree? You only answer something that's talking to you, right? Your life talks to you. Everything about your life. Your body talks to you. The bank account talks to you. The doctor's report talks to you. Everything talks to you. The conversation that you had with your spouse two weeks ago begins to talk to you. Right? And Jesus answered the fig tree. If we do not learn to answer the fig tree, which is small in stature, you'll never learn how to answer the mountain or talk to it. Because it's in the smaller affairs of life that we learn how to speak and how to live by faith. And really, it's a daily walk of living by faith. Your faith will grow. And if your mouth stops talking, it will always be reduced down to the fig tree. What do I mean by that? Jesus spoke to the fig tree, but then says, you can talk to mountains. Your faith always grows, or God's desiring for it to grow. Today, it might be the milkweed. Tomorrow, it might be the fig tree. The next day, it might be the valley. The next day, it might be the little knoll in the hill. And two years down the road, it might be the mountain. But the only way that I graduate to those things and have victory over them is if I operate in the principle of faith where I continue to speak and say and answer the circumstance. But if I stop talking, I start to get reduced back to the beginning. It's just like a muscle. Now... I mean, I've not worked out in years. It would be foolish for me to go think I'm going to go lift 300 pounds. I'd hurt myself. I'd break something, right? In my younger years, younger years I couldn't even do that. But I, I, I probably surely couldn't even do what I did in my younger years. Why? Because I've not developed that or stayed developing in that. Well, your faith is the same way. And so how do we continue to do this? Living a life of faith. Purposing to trust God. And so, for instance, to give you an example, when Pastor Jerry and the Karstens, when they, they came a couple weeks back for our dedication, we were sitting at the table and we were just talking about just life. And, and Pastor Jerry, he's one of the guys that I ride motorcycles with and uh, Pastor Carson is as well. And uh, there's two different groups that I ride with. And uh, Pastor Jerry said that they just went on a trip just a a few weeks back. And he said, here we are, several hundred miles away from home. 
He says, as we're going down the road, all of a sudden I go to shift my motorcycle and my shifter is not there. And he's like, this isn't good. And so if you don't have a, the little shifter thing, well, you can't maneuver your motorcycle. You're several hundred miles away from home. You're in a real rough shape, rough, rough spot. And so he said, you know, I've just been purposing to train myself to listen to God. And he said, now, before that, he said, I actually went walking back down the road. He said, I went back, uh, actually on foot, walked back down the road and just started looking for that little shifter peg. And he said, I didn't see it. And he said, well, he said, okay, God, you know where that shifter peg is. Help me. And he said, all of a sudden, the first thing that came to his mind was up on the front part of his motorcycle, there was a fairing. And he said, the picture that I saw was the shifter being up and in that fairing. So he walked back up to his motorcycle, put his hand into the fairing, and right there was the shifter. That is living the life of faith. That's living life every day, walking by faith, trusting God. That shifter is the milkweed that helps you learn how to address the fig tree, that helps you address the mountain. Growing and living this life of faith. When was the last time that you talked to God and invited Him on a daily affair saying, God, what do you want me to do today? We talked about giving tonight. When's the last time that you really seriously said, okay, God, I'm asking you. I'm asking you because, you know, I've always just kind of, you know, just tossed it in there. But what do you want me to give? So people are afraid to ask that question because <laughs> what if God says, well, I can tell you he's going to stretch your faith. But is he ever going to stretch you beyond what he can bless you? No. And so many times we're afraid to give up things. And uh, being afraid to give up things really hinders us from stepping into the blessings that God wants us to. Because God's never asked you to give up of something, whatever that is, and never had something better prepared for you on the other side. But it's just a matter of stepping out and living by faith. Amen? I mean, it's something as simple as the saying, God... Who do you want me to talk to today? Who do you want me to, 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 to witness to? Who do you want me to pray for today? God, what do you want me to pray for? God, concerning my kids, help me pray for them today. Give me specific direction. Help me pray specifically for their day today. But we just live this life so casual, and God's wanting us to learn how to live by faith. I'm going shopping. God, show me where the deals are. Seriously. Come on, you know that there's times where you just like, man, I want to go shopping and I want to just get something that makes me look good. Well, why not get direction from him? He knows where the deals are. He knows where they're having the sales, right? He knows where to direct you. You know, we get in such habits every day, you know, going to work. This is the way that I go to work because this is the way that I go to work. This is the most direct route. I just got to go that way. Have you ever stopped just to kind of search up on the inside? Okay, God, how do I go to work today? There might be an accident that's just down the road. 
There might be somebody that just got out of, out of, out of the bar and they've been just, you know, they just came out of their, their coma and they're driving home and they're still lit out of their mind. And you got hit and your life was totally destroyed. I mean, there's just those little things. God, what do you want me to do today? Take the same route? Go a different route? God, what do you want me to do? I'll never forget the one day. This was, oh, a number of years ago. And just, I was purposing just to, to say to God, God, help me know your voice. And God had been working on me or just kind of challenging me. And I, I still go through these little ups and downs of, of this habit. But God says, you know, the Bible says that the law of the land is to be obeyed. And to obey the law of the land is to obey me. And so the law of the land says you ought to wear your seatbelt. Well, I'm just one that just, you know. You know, I ride in in Jordan's car and the little buzzer, ding, 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 ding. He said, can you put your seatbelt on, please? I mean, that's just driving me crazy, that little dinger. Well, for me, that dinger has become... Deaf. I, I don't hear the dinger. You know, I just, you know what I mean? You, you just got so accustomed to not wearing your seatbelt that the dinger just finally shuts up. It's like, I try to tell you, put your seatbelt on. You just won't put it on anymore. <laughs> Too much information. But, anyways, I'm telling you, the Lord was saying, you ought to wear your seatbelt. And as I was driving down the expressway, I could still see where I was. I heard the Lord say, put your seatbelt on. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's how I answered the Lord. He's just like, yeah, okay, God. And the Lord arrested me quickly and says, don't you talk to me that way. Like, uh, yes, sir, I'm sorry. Well, why? Because I was purposing, God, teach me your voice. Help me just be obedient in those small things, living this life of faith. To trust you, to know you. So that when it comes to the mountain, I know how to hear your voice, how to navigate it, how to move it. And that my faith is immovable. And lastly, I, you know, I think I shared this with you before. But I was in uh, General Motors and, and this purpose to say, God, I want to trust you with the little things. I said, God, I'm trusting you for a Coke today. I'm just believing you for a Coke. Somebody's going to bless me with a Coke you might ask the question, well, could you not have afforded your, your, your coat by yourself? Oh, sure I could have. I just wanted to be blessed by God. I said, God, just want you to bless me today with a Coke. So I'm working on the line. It's a hot day, one of those hot 120-degree days in the shop, you know. And this guy that I didn't know come walking by, he says, hey. He says, I'm going over to the vending machine. Can I buy you a pop? I'm like, yeah, take a Coke. That was before I started drinking Diet Coke. Now I'm on the Diet Coke. But that was before, you know. Yeah, give me a Coke. So he brought me a Coke back. Hey, man, thank you so much. He says, hey, how you doing? He says, my name. He said, what's your name? I said, my name's Tony. He says, oh, my name's Angel. I thought, well, praise the Lord. God sent me an angel to buy me a Coke. (laughs) Well, those little things. I mean, would you just dare to believe God? God, I I want a Snickers bar today. I just, I just want to, God bless me with a Snickers bar. What are you doing? You're exercising your faith. Well, what if you didn't get a snicker bar today? Well, then I just keep on believing until it shows up. I've done that for money. God, thank you that somebody's going to just bless the ministry with 
$1,000 gift, $5,000 gift, $10,000 gift, $20,000 gift. We're up to believing God for $50,000, one-time gift, because we've received those other ones. Well, does it just come the next day? No. We just keep on. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. You're, you're, you're blessing the ministry and this dollar amount. Well, once we get that $50,000, i am going to up it to 100000 once I get the hundred thousand, then we'll believe for two hundred fifty thousand. Two hundred fifty thousand, then we'll believe for five hundred thousand. Once we get to five hundred thousand, well, then we'll believe for the million, right? You say, "Oh, come on now." Well, listen. If you got Chevette faith, that's fine. Don't criticize me for having Corvette faith. All right, but I'm growing it, and it's just a matter of living by faith and trusting God. If I learn in the daily affairs of life. It's just a milkweed. But praise God, I'm learning how to live this life of faith. Then when I get over here and it's a mountain, I know how to take care of you. It's the same way. And my faith works every time. Amen? Amen. All right, anybody get anything out of tonight? What would you get? Give me a couple things. Yeah, train yourself hearing the voice of God. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and uh, training yourself to hear the voice of God, there's going to be times that you miss it. And, and the devil will be real good at, at jumping on you. Yeah, see, you thought you heard God. Hey, listen, you learned what was God and what wasn't God. That's okay. We're growing and learning that. Somebody else? Wow, that's good. You ought to write that down. That was cool. Man, we could write a book on that right there, man. That was awesome. Did I say that? <laughs> awesome. What else? Anybody else? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Amen. Absolutely. Yeah, our faith has to move us first before we'll ever move the mountain. And it always starts with our mouth. It starts with the corresponding actions. It engages the power of God. And therefore, obviously, it addresses the mountain. Anybody else? One last one? Diane? Correct. Yes. Sure, sure. Well, one, we don't know necessarily how long she had been hearing. One thing we do know is that Jesus' ministry was only three and a half years. So she had been trying and trying and trying and trying and trying before ever Jesus showed up on the scene. And so think about it. I mean, upon trying everything that you know to do and all the snake oil and all the other stuff and it never got you any better and then you hear of this man named Jesus, well, I've tried everything. What makes this any more special? But then you keep hearing and keep hearing. Oh, man, I know somebody, and you went to Jesus, and you got, you got healed? Oh, man, I, I know them firsthand. And then you keep hearing and keep hearing and you keep hearing, and that's what Romans chapter 4 says. It says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Then faith has corresponding actions. So it was just a matter of, number one, Jesus came on the scene, and she started to hear something that got her attention, for sure. Yeah, good question. All right. We good? You got a question? Well, just give me a high five then. All right.
Let's pray out. Let's go. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that you're teaching us how to live by faith. You're teaching us to trust you, Lord, just on a day-to-day basis, just with the small things, Lord, just to, to know your voice, to follow you, to, to, to get direction from headquarters, God. And we thank you that, Lord, we'll become more familiar with your voice, and it will become easier and easier. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All righty. We'll see you. subscribe to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites which can be found at our website gvchurch.tv we know that today's message has been a blessing to you thanks for listening we are genesee valley church loving god loving people and loving life